Cincinnati. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, which means that this, Cincy Brewcast, this is uh, Volume 5, Episode 2, um, and it's from the Gnome Studios, or the Under Construction Gnome Studios, I should say. Um, I don't really know what we're going to talk about. We were talking about this before the show kicked off, and we said, we'll just talk about this, or this, or this, or I don't know. <laughs> it's just drink some beer i guess and see what happens i wanted to go and see how long we could talk just making fun of andrew mccleese probably a while i think we could get a whole show out of that honestly and if people wanted to call in that would be excellent don't don't complicate (laughs) things you saw how many technical difficulties we had just getting this started tonight i'm not gonna try to hook up a phone i've been trying to set up the uh the phone call-in line um for the studio for like three months now with all these i like my wife sit upstairs she's trying to watch tv and i keep calling her phone and i'm like does it sound like i'm coming through a microphone now no okay <laughs> 10 minutes later how about now <laughs> it's it's a pain again yeah. there's like so cords yeah. strung all over the ceiling and all kinds of stuff it's coming soon i uh, some equipment stuff it's apple's fault is what it is it yeah, used Apple. to it used to work really wonderfully um it's lost. It used to work really great, and then when they changed the phones around a little bit, there's something with that little, that stupid little adapter that you have to use for oh, the lightning yeah. port that doesn't like any of that. It's, it's yeah. so stupid. So uh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Andy Foltz, welcome back to the show. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of um, of Brink, yeah, um, they are the. Uh, Champions again at Fibonacci's pie eating contest from uh, March 14th. I don't, I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> I mean, these guys are willing to do anything to get another medal to hang on the wall. And I don't think they're going to have any more space for medals soon. No, I, I mean, I think they're going to have to name a beer eventually. Please don't give this a medal. <laughs> please, just they, yeah. please just uh, give us a certificate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, guys, it is okay to go for a participation trophy once in a while, you know? <laughs> you know? I don't know how how hard they try to win these medals other than just making fantastic beer. It was like... And eating pie very fast. <laughs> and, eating, and eating a lot of pie very quickly. Um, I mean, they won their first medals out of the Denver something mm-hmm. or other, like, just a couple months into even, like... Mm-hmm being running there like that's and i guess with something like that you do have to enter your beer so i mean they're trying to win a little bit you're trying to win if you go into it of course and you know anything you enter it's more fun to win than lose but i think especially that first year they didn't go in with any expectations they just said you know we think these are good beers and let's see what kind of feedback we get right there's and, there's so much about some of those competitions too that it's it's about the feedback it's about mm-hmm. you know GABF it's about getting your beer there just being you know there with all these other breweries um, I, I'm curious I would love to sit there and talk to somebody about um, the you know the, the the desire to win versus you know um, why you're you're entering competitions there's there's a lot of competitions out there and there are some of them mean a lot some of them don't. Coming up in a few weeks, I'm going to get the chance to sit and judge the Hammerdown homebrew competition that's going to be held at Braxton. Down at Braxton, yeah. And I've never been a beer judge before, at least in an official capacity. <laughs> at least in some kind of real capacity. And I'm really I looking judge for, all the time. Yeah, I judge every time I drink one. but uh, Every time? Every time. I judge whether I want to drink it again or not. 
<laughs> because so. there's definitely times where um, I, I'm just drinking for the sake of drinking, and I try really hard not to make well, a judgment. But when that happens, I tend to want another one. Right. You know, so <laughs> I'm a much easier grade <laughs> when I'm doing that. But, yeah, this is going to be a, a really cool experience, I think, to see it kind of from the other side and and have the boxes in front of me to, right. to check and you know, I've cleaned up after that competition once or twice, but I've never actually. <laughs> there's there's something really fun, too, about forcing yourself to sit there with style guidelines or whatever, whatever it may be and really dig into it and break something down. Because there's plenty of beers that I you know I love to drink that probably aren't metal winning beers because they don't fit into yeah. some of those uh, those those guidelines that they're supposed to. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either. It's all about uh, how many times have you heard me say it? Palate is preference. Right. So, you know, what you like, go for it. With this particular competition, I'm hoping they don't put me into sour styles See, now or stouts. now it's going to happen as soon as you said it. Well, and the reason is so that I can branch out a little bit and maybe explore a style that either I don't want to say I don't like, but that I'm not necessarily right. drawn to. And I can learn a little bit more about why maybe browns don't excite me or learn something that will make a brown ale excite me. I know that you like them a lot more than I do and I don't hate them by any stretch. And I've had some good ones, right? It's just not something that's going to be on a, on a board when you walk in, I'm not going to go, Ooh, they got a brown ale and and order that one first. And we, we we talked about that last week at Queen city. Some of that, that struggle of, you know, forcing yourself almost to, to right. try things that you wouldn't normally, you know, jump out to try. But yeah, um, well, and down there, that's just finding a beer you can pronounce to order, you know, like, <laughs> well, I, like well, I kind of want to try that beer, but I'm not going to embarrass myself well, trying to order it. At least they've got little numbers. Now yeah. I'll take a n- I, number four. Yeah. Can I get the cuckoo cachoo? What the? <laughs> Which one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of styles that I typically would probably not flock to if I saw it on a board, mm-hmm. um, our first one tonight from the beer it's a little fridge. Loud, yeah. I guess My I should have tested all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, this what? is a, what this is. This is called cover crop. This is a golden nail, which like I said, is one of those styles that I'm probably not going to uh, flock to if I see it on a, on a board. Um, depending on not the situation. Um, but this is a, uh, a collaboration between North high and the Ohio farm bureau, um, which is kind of a, funny collaboration when you think about it but then as you start to really but dig it, into it it, it, it makes, makes perfect, sense it makes perfect Actually, yeah, sense it's it makes all ohio ingredients um they got their malt from uh i guess i should have pulled my notes out before this they um the malt was from hang on let's see if i can pull it up real quick well, um you taste it while some, I'm, yeah i'm yeah. gonna take a drink and see what i'll just jump on the new and improved gnarlygnome.com to check out my notes um, I don't know if anybody has noticed that, but uh, I, I spent I did a when I shared, long time with this website. I actually did when I shared the Queen City Brewcast, and uh, it's formatted a little differently. And it's formatted a little bit differently and has a lot more information on it now. There's probably... Well, and it had Drinking with the Gnome right there. Yeah, the, the, right the, the new Drinking with the Gnome show is on there. Um, so the... The malt was from Rustic Brew Farm. I guess I should have figured that um, out in Marysville. They've um, the farm's been open for like a hundred years or something, and this because the the reason for the collaboration is because it's the hundredth. I think it's the hundredth. Yeah, hundredth anniversary of the Ohio Farm Bureau, and almost all one hundred of those years, um, the this Rustic Brew Farm was 
a member of the Ohio Farm Bureau, so like a really old family-owned business. Um, and then the hops are from Zach Rick. Zach, Zach Rich? Zach, Zach, Zach Rich? That's, sure. That's, that sounds like hop, hop farm. Um, and they're from Champaign County. I don't know anything about that farm, but nope, Ohio. I know that. <laughs> so it's a, it's a kind of a, a fruity golden ale is what I would call it. A little it. bit, yeah. Um, and I haven't tried this for a, a while. So. It's not boring, which, you know, again, golden ale might not be your thing because it's It's also really cold because I threw it in the freezer when I got home from work, so it'll be nice and cold. It's very cold. It's very cold. It's a little bit hazy, which could be from being in the freezer a little bit. But uh, from what I remember and from what my tasting notes say, it was it was a little hazy when I had it last. And I kind of like that actually. It um, I'm not going to put it in the category of a New England IPA, Uh but it satisfies some of those same kind of fruity hop things that I think. I um, agree with that, but I wouldn't consider it in any IPA by any stretch. But the haze kind of gives you that feel that you're drinking something a little more substantial than your run-of-the-mill golden ale. Right, and I, I, I really like that, um, the, the like I said, the, the fruity hop thing instead mm-hmm. of it being like a bracingly bitter kind of thing that I feel like everybody flocked to for a long time there. And yeah, or, or you know, again, kind of banging on golden ales, but kind of a bland right. taste. You know, there's some flavor to it. Which, <coughs> this is definitely like it's, a good warm-weather beer. It's yeah, that, yeah, this that, is that, a, a fish and kayak and... Farming beer, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess you know you get off your tractor after Wait, doing tractor. No, you bring it. Things. You bring it with you. I think that I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think you can get a DUI for tractoring with a beer. I think. I, I have never seen the Highway Patrol in my dad's back forty. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the tech that you're you, tractoring? Is that the right word? It if you're on the road, maybe. But if you're in, the <laughs> I have seen tractors on the road. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to get from farm to farm. I get it, but I've done it, but. <laughs> Um, wasn't my farm, wasn't my tractor, but I've done it. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why we don't drink in tractor folks. (laughs) (laughs) I like this beer. I like this a lot. I do too. I'm glad Um, you got this one out. But again, it's, 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 it's it's one of those styles that I'm never going to just like walk Mm -hmm. in and be like, Oh my God, there's, there's a golden ale. I wonder what that's like. And it's, I I don't know how to get, I don't know how to get around that. Um, as as a beer drinker, the, that the only just... way to do it is to be conscious of it, and that's what we talked about last week too. And force yourself out of your comfort zone. But it's, I don't even know that it's a comfort zone thing. Like I'm I'm comfortable with. Like it's not that I don't like golden well, nails. It's not that I'm avoiding them because but no, like oh, I don't like that. No, I mean comfort zone in that you have your certain styles that you're going to go to. Right. You know, like when I walk into a place and see a Belgian, I'm going straight to the Belgian. Or even just the excitement factor of seeing something that. Like this, you know, this next one we've got is a brown ale with toasted yeah. coconut or, you know, all kinds of crap in it that I look at that. <laughs> Everything and like, but the kitchen <clears> sink. I look at that and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. I need to try that. Mm. Whereas this would probably just say gold nail, maybe yeah. Ohio, 100% Ohio gold nail. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool, but yeah. I want some toasted coconut. <laughs> and, and, and again, that wouldn't, that wouldn't draw me in because I'm a Kentucky boy, so you know, it's 100% <laughs> but, Ohio. Yeah, well, wouldn't right. it still like uh, at least have some kind of draw? Like if I saw 100% Kentucky, I, I would probably still go for it, I think. If I saw 100% Kentucky, I'd be very confused as to what all went in there, considering <laughs> that the cash crops are tobacco and weed. So <laughs> And bourbon. That counts, too. That's not a crop. I'm sure it is. In Kentucky, it is. It's a product. It's a product. It's not a crop. But 
<laughs> I think there's a lot of people we don't, that disagree we with don't, that. We don't grow bourbon. I've we seen grow it. The it stuff to it make sprouts bourbon. up in those buildings. It that is not, <laughs> yeah. The Smurfs are out there all night harvesting the bourbon That's for right. us. That's good Lord. Drain, draining the bourbon plants. <laughs> Yeah, folks, I'm learning stuff about my home state here tonight. It's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, it's starting to uh, to change a little bit. I'm going to set this aside yes, to warm up. Um, I need to get this table replaced, too. It's a noisy table. Sorry for anybody uh, that's like, oh, that be, damn table. I know. You just have to be conscious of it. Be gentle with yeah. the table. So, oh, we're going to drink yours next. Okay. So, I'll, I'll introduce this one then. This is one of my favorite of the limited release beers that Rheingeist puts out every year, and that's Andromeda. And I have loved this beer since they were putting it out in Bombers because it's a straight Galaxy Pale Ale, and I think Galaxy Hops are are wonderful and flavorful and bring out a lot of a certain kind of fruitiness that's not over the top like a Citra or maybe an Amarillo and have always loved galaxy hops i love area 51 down at paradise because right. it's a galaxy beer and i love andromeda and i have it on on good standing good faith that they started putting this in six packs specifically for me <laughs> just for you i think for it says me that on the bottom of the it, can, it really actually. does because um when ryan guys i was working at bc's last year and when they were talking about what was coming out and i said when are you bringing any of the andromeda bombers and they're like no didn't you hear and i was like did you get me what I wanted for Christmas? <laughs> Didn't you hear? We're not you, making it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like, we're going to give you a six pack. And I'm like, thank you. I think this was probably one of their first in like their, their line of kind of their single mm-hmm. hot pale ales. Yes. I think it was like probably the second. I think Mosaic, I think right. Mosaic I think was probably Mosaic the first. Was first. Um, and it's, you know, everybody loves to, to shit on them for making lots of pale ales and IPAs. Uh, and we've talked about that um, to no end on the show, how stupid that is to mm-hmm. complain about. But, but this at the is, same time, this is a wonderful this is fantastic. beer that I drink when it's out. I mean, well, this is something that I keep around. And and not that I don't like like the bigger IPAs, like like Galaxy yeah. High or something. But sure. I feel like... Oh, Galaxy High is amazing. I, 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 I like this more... Because it, it, I can drink it easier, and it, it, it's more of it, a... It's a true session of beer, too. Yeah. It's 5.7, so it's not... I mean, it's not four, but for a pale ale, it's still pretty light. It, to me, it showcases the hop a little bit uh, a little bit differently than a bigger IPA does. Yes. Uh, bigger IPAs will kind of hit you, and then there's a lot of sweetness that gets backed up with it because it's a it's a big beer. And, and, and there, is a, there is a touch of sweetness to this beer still, but it's not overwhelming. It's definitely nice and fruity and mm-hmm. wonderful nose. And then we both drink mm. at the same time for dead air, so you can tell we don't have our act together. If I was a really good podcast editor, I could just cut out some of that silence, but I won't. You know, yeah, you know. piss on it. We're drinking. <laughs> there's yeah. a there's a good little danky kind of thing too that's just tucked away in behind the the fruit. Um, maybe really it's like a, like a like a passion fruit kind of thing almost, like where yeah. you get that. There's like a like a funk kind of thing from passion fruit that um isn't really funk but it, it's passion fruit beers have grown on me I, I love them when when they first started coming out they weren't really my thing and then i i drank summer trip because i like berliners and i like that style and uh, the first one i did of course i chugged and because <laughs> passion fruit and i went you know that wasn't, that wasn't half bad and so then i tried it again and uh, started branching out into some other passion fruit pale ales and different things, and have come to find out it's it's actually a pretty nice flavor. 
what is the uh the little 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 boy Copoli something or other from uh who does that one? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking it's about. It's from Dogfish Head. No, no, no. I'm no, thinking no. of um uh, no, it's I'm got, thinking it's got the little tiki loop. guy on the front of it. There's somebody yelling at their radio right now in their car. Yeah. That's my, one of my favorite things about podcasts is when you're listening to one and you know the answer to something yeah. or they say something wrong. And you're like, so you're the first to... caller. <laughs> first, the first caller to 1-800. No phone hooked up. We do yeah. have a call in line. I just don't know the number. If it's, I don't know off the top of my head, but. Uh, we'll, it, I, we'll I, won't go, get, I won't get it live. I we'll go with six check one my message one. later. Most of the time when people call the numbers, just people calling in drunk. <laughs> hey, yeah. and like, oh, it's useless to me. So that's why I kind of quit that out the number. No, it's not an Avery beer. Yeah, it might yeah, be. It is an Avery beer. It might be Avery. It is an Avery beer. So there, you don't have to call uh, it anymore. Little, we got little, it. Copa Copacabana, something or other. I don't know. But it's that's another big passion fruity yes. kind of beer that I, I really dig in the summertime um, sitting by the pool and yeah it's a good it's a great summer beer and like I said it, it's something that's grown on me as some flavors have over right. the years so I I'm, I'm a big fan of of I, I will say all of the single hop pale ales that I've had from my guys and there's there's been a few but um, I've always been a fan of them I think that they they do it they do it really well. Wow. <laughs> it's I, you know, I, I'm not knocking the other ones. I just really like this one. Right. <laughs> so, um, before we keep digging into, mm-hmm. we'll actually take a minute to drink some beer um, instead <laughs> of just trying to taste a whole bunch. It's always hard. We're gonna taste a whole bunch. It's gonna be the quickest show ever. <laughs> That's it, guys. No, Nome and I are gonna be loaded in 20 minutes. We're out. What I've found, um, which thank you for coming today to, to make the show. We had My a pleasure. We had a cancellation for the show that was supposed yeah. to happen. We're, we're not gonna say um, who it was, Cat. <laughs> but we're. <laughs> but I'm glad that you're here because solo shows talking about like tasting beer are really hard, and I never realized it till I did a couple of them that you can't Mm-mm. sit there and drink a beer and talk about it because you don't have time to drink the beer you're trying to you're trying right. to talk you and you're trying to fill that dead air that and... silence it's it's really difficult yeah and it's also hard to bounce ideas back and forth with yourself without looking like a crazy person yeah well, so. I mean there's nobody to, to make fun of me down here except for the tiki guys up there I guess they can look at me those and, tiki and, guys are giving me the stink <laughs> and well, they, we um, may we may roll before this, this is over. This room at one time before it became the Gnome Studios was supposed to be the Tiki Room. It was going to be a poker room. We're going to put a poker table in the middle here where yeah. this podcasting table now is going to be and just completely tacky it out with Tiki stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. they were holding down the fort until then. And now they are yeah. probably going to get packed away in a box or something. It's going to be sad. Bye, guys. Well, you know. Life happens. <laughs> so, Life happens even to Tiki guys. Uh, we were talking about some of the topics we wanted yes. to talk about, and I mentioned either. I think we should just kind of talk a little bit about you, too, since you've been okay. on the show a few times, and yeah. we've never kind of dug into who the hell you are and, and how hey, all I've, this happened. I've been asking that question for 42 <laughs> years. Um, now, what... Talk about your, your, your road my, to craft. My, uh, my, invol- my road to craft there. or my involvement? Because um, the road to craft started much earlier than me being involved. Start start the road to craft first. Okay, so when I was much, much younger, uh, somebody, a friend of mine, got me into drinking Guinness. And I realized, I think a lot earlier than most people, that Guinness is a light beer. Right. It's very low in ABV if you're not you know, pounding them. You can drink it all day. 
because they're also easy to pound. They're easy to pound, <laughs> but then you then you kind of get full. You know, right. you're not really drunk; you're just full. And anyway, there that started me into exploring a lot of other stouts. And around 2010, 2011. Uh, one of my best friends, Joe and myself, we started having a game night, you know, the, the married guys with kids, blah, blah, blah. And that's what she did. So we started trying to one up each other cause we have a very, very similar palate. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, uh, by the way, if anybody wants to, to tease him and rag on him for having a similar palate as me, he's down at Alexandria brewing a lot, uh, part of their running club and everything cause he lives out that way. But Anyway, we would, you know, go to each other's houses, have game night, play cards, whatever, and try to one-up each other on finding beers that the other one hadn't had. Right. And I usually won, (laughs) but I I put more time into it than he did because at the time I had stepkids and they were older than his kids, so I had more time to to get out and do that. But we started finding some really cool stuff, and we were drinking, like, the left-hand milk stouts of the world and some different – that is a loud taste. It is, right? And uh, (laughs) – So we, you know, we were drinking some of that, that stuff that eight, nine years ago was a little more maybe new to the area, maybe not new. And then we started discovering some of the the Rivertown beers and, um, some of the Sam Adams special releases and some just lots of different things like that. And we were having a lot of fun with uh, the old Rasputins, just those kind of still one of my favorite beers. I don't drink nearly enough. I know. And so that's, that's what kind of got me into going to craft beer and then I got a little more cognizant of course you know at the time we didn't have as many breweries but then you started to see eight ball in the back of party source and you started to see a few more places spring up and so I got a little more cognizant of what was going on right here and started to frequent those places now we'll transition into how I got into craft beer (laughs) so need some kind of harp music (laughs) yeah so I used to hang out at Molly Malone's quite a bit. I still go to Molly's in Covington. It's always going to be kind of a special place to me for the people that are there, what it was. And I used to go down a lot on the weekends to watch the Premier League. Good place this time of year if you are a stout fan. Yeah, exactly. So I'm walking in one morning and one bartender's standing outside and she's kind of, she's smoking and she's watching me and she goes, Wow, you know, when when you were walking up, I thought, wow, this guy looks kind of kind of mean, and, <laughs> and then you got close, and I was like, oh, it's just Andy, <laughs> and I said, thanks, I guess, but you know, what's that got to do with anything? And she goes, well, you know, I'm going to be down at Braxton when they open. Do you want to go and work security? I was like, yeah, I was going to go anyway. So if they're going to pay me to be there, all the better, <laughs> you know. So I went down and I worked the side door and stamped hands and. You know, made a little bit of money and got to drink a, I don't know, a beer or four. And uh, <laughs> I tried everything they had and was really impressed by their atmosphere. I was really impressed by the Rouse family. I was really impressed by what they had, had done and had accomplished. We're kind of going off topic just a little bit here. Were they the That's first what. ones around here that really opened kind of with this this bigger plan in mind from day one, do you think? Or I know that Madri and Rheingeist kind of took off and, and, and grew very quickly, but I still feel like it was 
it was, there was, was a little bit of chaos there too when they were kind well, of doing and, things. And, and I think there's been a little bit, a little bit of chaos in, in terms of how quickly Braxton ramped from like year one to year two. But, you know, it was part of their plan, but they were on year five instead right. of year two. Uh, is what, you know, outside looking in, that's right. not inside information. Um, and I, f- I feel like Ryan Geist was probably in a similar boat. I think that they kind of, because of the space that they had, they always knew they had the room to grow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like they were... Well, now, uh, Mad, Mad Tree, I think they got, they were like, holy shit. I think Mad Tree had no idea what they were getting into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow, this just blew up. Now what? But even <laughs> even even Rheingeist from the the way they had to kind of expand in that building, the some of the construction projects they had to take on mm-hmm. to expand, just the, the, the taproom atmosphere in but, general just seems very... I mean, it's it's very craft beer. It's the way things are in a lot of places, but it doesn't seem as 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 calculated. Th- cal- it calculated is a good calculated word for it. Word. And and that's what I'm saying. I think that Rheingeist jumped years in their plan. Yeah. As well, I, I feel like I was there in year three and heard somebody say, "Yeah, we've we've passed our five year plan. We have to write a new five year plan." Right. In year three, I, I think I've heard the same thing from Matt. So, yeah, and and and. Yeah, the, the the people behind Braxton are, are very smart, and I think they definitely learned from what they saw at Rheingeist and Mantry. Well, it's, it's it's very interesting to watch kind of as, and granted, our beer scene is still very young, but the places that are opening now, be it the Saunders or whatever it mm-hmm. is, compared to... Um, you know, when, when Rivertown or Mount Carmel or those places opened or even Madre and Rheingeist, when you, when you look at that difference of the, the idea from the beginning, it's, it's a very different kind of brewery. Well, and, and it's always hard to compare, um, Mount Carmel, Rivertown because of the way things were without the right. tap rooms and just the, the production angles. It's just so hard for me to, to say that, you know. They were behind anything because they weren't allowed to do it, but it it's just not the well, same thing as opening when you have a tap room and you're ready to go. Right I think there. even Madri and Rheingeist, when they started planning, <coughs> weren't anticipating tap rooms happening. And it was in the middle of that mm-hmm. planning phase that all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, this is going to happen. Now we have to figure that out too and figure out how to make that happen. So they were probably like the last of that. They were that line of when that change kind of happened. And yeah. And you can see a big change in Cincinnati right at that point, too. Yes, you can see a big change in the whole community and the way things were done at that point. Right. I mean, that's the line of demarcation. Anyway, go back to your story. Okay, you're, so, you're so I, worked, I worked at Braxton the first night. Big, mean security and, guy. Yeah, big, mean security guy. All I did was stamp hands and... and grunt uh, at people. <gasps> you know, uh, steel glass. Uh, no, that came later. <laughs> but we're... Uh, <laughs> So, you know, Actually, I did, that's true. that opening, it was all plastic <laughs> and that came later and, uh, had a great time. And, and like I said, really enjoyed them and, and what blew me away, what really spoke to me was at the end of the night when Greg Rouse stood up and thanked everybody and we couldn't have done this without you. And he made everybody there that was a volunteer that had come to help that was whatever you were doing made you really feel valued and like you had contributed. D- did he cry during his speech? No, he did he not. He gets a little emotional sometimes. He can, but no, he did not. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, 
I, I stood by a door with a stamp, man. I'm not <laughs> like I didn't do shit, but yet at the same it's time, a, I felt like I was very appreciative. You know, I felt like a part of the team. Right. And so a couple of weeks later, Teresa came back to me and she goes, you know, they want to they want to have a door guy on the weekends. Do you want to do it? And I was like, well, what's it pay? And, and I didn't really care. It's just something you're supposed to ask. Right. And so I did that and I did that for about a year. And I worked in the tap room and I bar backed a little and I, I helped out on the canning line a couple times and just different things like that that I was able to do and, and watch Braxton grow that first year. And then I got an opportunity to cover craft beer for WCPO.com. And I did that for 10, 11 months, something like that. And um, at that time, of course, I had to leave Braxton because it would have been a conflict of interest right. to write about a place that's paying you. And that that sucked in a way because of the relationships that I had there, right. and it was so much fun. And, of course, you know, I was there literally yesterday, and it's so much bigger, and there's so many people that they're wandering around, and they're, they're wearing these Braxton shirts, and I'm going, who the hell are you? <laughs> but, you know, like, you, you don't belong here. You're not conning. Get out of <laughs> Go away. So, <laughs> you know, and I, I didn't say that, of course, but... But it's just it's grown and changed so dramatically, and and in a way, um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them, but in a way, that's not not really me either. So uh, it it kind of worked out. But I got a chance writing for WCPO to meet all kinds of wonderful people in the industry, yourself included. Uh, I know that's when we first right. crossed paths, and we probably crossed paths before that, just unknowingly. Um, you did an interview with Johnny Gandalf right behind me at a Braxton event. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. It was on, it was in the mad lot. What the hell uh, was that? That was the green egg fest. No. Yes. No, I wasn't there. Are you sure? I'm positive. Oh, it was something outside, but cause I, I remember the hat. Right. I mean, everybody right. remembers the hat. Right. So anyway, it, it doesn't matter which one it was. But I got to know a lot of people then and, and have kind of bounced around in different capacities uh, within, in and around the craft beer scene since then, whether it's, you know, helping with social media someplace <laughs> or being behind the bar someplace right. or, or whatever that, that looks like at any given moment in time. So, um, but I have found that my joy in this industry, what I enjoy the most is to be able to go to different places and see not, not necessarily the beers. I'm going to try the beers. Don't get me wrong, but to see my friends and I love being able to pop into Brink or street side or wherever or or paradise. And you know, like I walk into paradise and they're behind the bar. They go, where have you been? (laughs) They do the same thing for me, you know? And and I love that. And, um, well, there, there. You know, I've, I've, I've said it before, and I don't ever really know how to really express it to people that don't get to see it for themselves. But it's not just about beer. Like, no. there's so much more to this that I, you know, it's so hard to explain to somebody that that's that's on the outside, quote unquote. And it, it is very different than. Um, than other industries, even, you know, I'm starting to, to dive into the, you know, kind of the, the, mm-hmm. the, the booze side of things in Cincinnati and there's, there's some parallels there, but it's still very different. There's, mm-hmm. there isn't that really tight knit kind of, um, family kind of thing. Like when you, when you well, go to Braxton and you make a, some kind of connection with them, 
it, it's a family there. Even even now, I'm sure with you know God knows how many employees they have. There's. I think I counted 82 yesterday. That <laughs> was the, just while I was there. <laughs> just while I was there, 82 people were working there. Um, but but the, think about a place like that too, and they're they're in the middle of this expansion, putting doubling the size of of what people are going to be able to sit and drink a beer at a whole oh, other oh, bar but, up on the roof. I, know. I mean, that's and, and did you you know the other thing too, right? And I can say this because I saw it with my own four eyes yesterday. Uh, what other thing? They're, they're adding a larger canning line. So oh yeah, yeah. They, they they posted a picture on social media yeah. too. It's like okay. uh, runs around the room. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that and they I said, "Can I go slide down?" It? And they were like, "No, no, fat ass. Why? Why would you even ask that?" And, <laughs> no, we already tried it and broke it once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I just when when I see them do stuff like that and there's there's if you have not been to Braxton, I, I assume everybody that listens to the show has been to Braxton. But if you Don't, haven't, no, I I took somebody for the first time yesterday. It's crazy to me. In fairness, she lives up here by you in the Northern Wilds. Yeah, so we're over the wall. You you really are. You're past two seventy five. You Not are that much. You are wildlings. You are wildlings. <laughs> But their space is not the biggest space in the world. This is well, not. Especially while the construction's going on. And, and they've lost several, I wanted to say about a dozen tables. Oh, yeah. About a dozen seats. I'm sorry. About a but dozen seats. I'm talking about the actual brewery space, too. Oh, yeah. You no, think about, like, no, you know, it's, everybody likes to talk about how Madtree 1.0 was small and it was cramped and they had filled it up. And it's it's nothing compared to that it's it's tiny it's uh, how they've managed to fit as much capacity into that as they have it boggles my mind and when you watch them do these little expansions like this canning line and how they make it happen it's really fun to me it's like that that little other thing about craft that used to be really major where it was people you know kind of figuring things out it's 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 that side of it that's neat. I yeah, somebody there's very good at Tetris. <laughs> is what it boils down well, to. Well, and you know, there's you know, from the beginning we heard about Evan being kind of a tinkerer and kind of one of the, the there's different types would, of of people that go into yeah. craft beer and he's kind right. of that nerdy kind of and I imagine that this has a lot to do with him sitting there and figuring these things out and how to make it happen and uh, they, they've got plenty of nerd power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> figure that there's, out. It's, there's a lot of nerds in you know, craft beer. And I and I say that with affection. <laughs> but yeah, it, um, so anyway, so that, that's, that's my story, I guess, in craft, if you will. And, um, you know, some people know me from, from being in the one craft beer group and what's up mother chuggers and, you know, right. chugging beers with people. And I haven't done that for a while cause, uh, I don't really know why actually, <laughs> but I just haven't. And, uh, I called it the, <coughs> I called it the Cincy Chug Tour, and my goal at one point was to get to every craft brewery in this area and chug a beer, and this was not about chugging the beer so much as it was about promoting that brewery that day, and it didn't matter which brewery it was. It's just wherever I happened to be on a given day, and you know, sometimes I lucked out and had... I don't know, a really good beer or had a really good time or whatever. And other times it was more of a, we got to check one off the list. So I need to head right. over there and, it, you know, maybe my favorite one wasn't on, but whatever. Um, I know that the highlight of that for me was when Dell came to me and he's like, when are you going to do one at 50 West? And I was <laughs> like, I've done one at 50 West. And he's like, no, you haven't. I go, come on, man. I've, I've, I've chugged beers at 50 West. He's like, not on, not on the group, right. not as part of the chug tour. <laughs> 
and and that's when I knew I had arrived. But (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, yeah, check it out, mom. People are asking me to come to breweries to chug (laughs) beer, and you know. But no, I I looked at it and he was right, and so we did a thing where Max Dell and I went out and Mm -hmm. we did one to uh, kind of promote their cans coming out. So, and that's a that's a silly thing, but it's also a really cool thing that you know I'm nobody to them. Really, I've never worked there. I'm not a, a you know an investor or anything. Yet I got to go out for a product launch, right? And just chug a beer, and I mean, and, and Dell beat me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Dell well, beat me. Uh, I'm curious to how he would do right now. I'm curious if he's sick of beer at this point. So Dell, again, for anybody that doesn't know what's going on, if you in, don't, if you if, don't know, Del. if you don't watch late night TV because he got a shout out on whatever show James yeah. Corden is on. <laughs> And and well deserved, um, yeah. What what Dell's doing is a, a beer fast, basically for yeah. Lent. And um, Dell's one of those people like we're talking about community and, and things like that. And I think a lot of people see Dell and they're like, oh, he's kind of a, a party guy. Dell is a deep guy. Um, Dell is a very caring individual. He's one of the better people in this community and that's saying something. And I don't think you're gonna find anybody that knows Dell that'll say a bad thing about him. And and if you do, don't don't tell me. I, I, I like <laughs> I like my view of Dell right now and um what he's doing in a way is really admirable because he's going back to what the Bach beers were all about. And he's going back to the heart of why we do what we do. It's not about a goat parade and it's not about, I mean, go to Bachfest, have fun at Bachfest. I'm not telling you to skip it, but this is what the beer was for. This is what right. it's all about. And I mean, hats off to him for there's, doing it. There's also something about it. That's just kind of, again, kind of the same line of the, as the, the chug tour that you're talking yeah. about, you know, it's just, it's, it's fun. Yes. Like it just breaks apart all of that other crap. That is all. That some of that crap can be fun too. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. fun to sit around with your snifter and swirl and taste your beer and you know sit there and talk about it and have beer dinners and all that stuff. All the all the really geeky stuff. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole fun side to craft. It's still beer. It's still at beer. the end of the day. It's, it's supposed it's to be here. And it's if, if you lose sight of that, you you lose. So you become the hoity-toity side of wine that everybody hated for so long. You know. That I'm also seeing in some other... It happens. Some other spirits. It, well, it happens know. in beer, too. And it it, it does happens happen everywhere. It does happen in beer. As soon as we take, as soon as people start to take themselves too seriously, it starts to happen. And, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of human nature. Um, so it does happen in everything. It happens in comic books, cars. I don't care what your hobby is. Whatever you collect, it happens. But, but I think that the flip side to that is because it's beer we've been able to retain a lot of the fun side of it. And I can tell you that as someone who currently isn't expecting their paycheck to come from beer, I've gotten to revitalize that sense of fun. Right. You know, when it becomes a job and and no matter how much you love it, it it is a job and you know, it it does sort of become, wow, man, I got another event. You're like, really? You're getting paid to go drink at night. Right. Yeah, but man, sometimes you just want to go home. Right. You know, sometimes you want to put your job away, but you work all day and then you go to an event for three hours at night and you come in the next day and your boss is like, hey, we need to do this, this, and this. And you're like, man, fuck you, man. I was out drinking for you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to take an hour to be hung over and you're going to like it. But. <laughs> well, even even kind of on a, on a different 
playing with with what I do. This is this is not my job. This is mm-hmm. this is still just a project of love. I mean, mm-hmm. y- yes, there's money that's generated by it, and it's you know, but there are there are weeks where I've got beers just lined up in a little line in the fridge. It's like I, tonight I have to drink this, and tonight I have to drink this, and tomorrow I'm going to have to drink this because I need to get tasting notes up, mm-hmm. or I need to write about it, or I need to talk about it on the show, or whatever it is, and. Sometimes maybe I maybe I want to drink something else, you know. And mm-hmm. like there there are those days where you start to lose sight of that, and you have to kind of smack yourself upside the head and be like, "All right, jackass, drink something else." Like you don't have to do that. Like none of right. this, you don't have to do this, or you don't have to do this. Like, but but when it's you have a to job, find those ways, right? You do right, and you know there've been plenty of times when I've been been behind the bar someplace or have just been out someplace where they're doing an event and you know that that, that rep, is, is as much as he might be a mad tree guy through and through, you know that he wants to drink something other than a psychopathy. Right. He just wants something different. He doesn't care what it is. He'd drink a Budweiser out of the bottle <laughs> just to drink something different. And and I'm using that as an example, of course. But For the record, nobody in town drinks <laughs> Budweiser. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, but you know that that's kind of one of those things. And, and they... They do it, and and these these people that are involved in the beer industry tend to do it with pretty good grace. Well, I will say even even from the the brewing side of things, like I'm sure that as much as Storm or Truth or Psychopathy or whatever that beer is at a brewery is as exciting as it was that first time you made it, I'm sure there's those days where you're like, oh my God, I just gotta 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 brew Storm again. Like, and it's it's there it, the excitement, and and there are several brewers who have left the industry to do yeah. one thing or another because of that exact thing where they said my creativity became stifled by the money side. Right. And I want to do something fun, but instead I have to go and brew flagship X and cause I'm not going to sell anybody out on that. Um, I, w- I would love to get some of those people on there. I, I think I know a couple of the people you're you, talking you, about. You damn sure <laughs> do. And, uh, you know, the, I, I get that too that there's there's an element of creativity to this that we love as consumers and that we chase sometimes as consumers sometimes you know for ill but we we forget that side of it for the brewer and and i think you do have to strike a balance there between you got to pump out your flagship you got to make your money but that should allow you to do some cool stuff right as well and you know, we've talked about that about Rheingeist ad nauseum. Braxton's another example of that where they've got core beers being pumped out down in Covington. And then they've got, and, and not that they don't do some cool stuff down there, but, you know, they kind of move that experimental side over to labs. Right. And they're not necessarily relying on labs to, you know, carry the brand, but well, it helps. Even, you know, you look at, at Mad Tree and what they've done since they've moved into 2.0. It's yeah. a massive brew system. And then, you know, yeah. underneath well, it, they tuck in a nice little 15 barrel. And then underneath of that, they tuck in the little one barrel system. Just to, this is to, to just have fun and to try things and to, mm-hmm. to keep your mind in that other gear that kind of allows that to happen. And, and to my chagrin, I left them off that list and, and I shouldn't because I know very well that you go down there to get those beers. Right. Now they're not going to be in cans at Kroger, but if you go to Mantry, there's always something cool on. Always, always something always. cool on. Speaking of something cool, let's drink another one. 
Hey, you talked me into it. Um, <laughs> silver tongue. After, after you talked about how you aren't a big fan of brown ales, this is a brown ale conditioned on toasted coconut, chopped and roasted hazelnuts, and cocoa nibs. This is um. This is from Southern, Southern Grist, Grist out of Tennessee. Um, really curious to try this one. Yeah, me too. I, I'm not as I know who they are, but I'm not super familiar with their stuff. So yeah, I don't know if I've had anything from them. I don't. I'd have to really dig into my Untapped. Ah, uh, that would not help me. I got rid of Untapped. Completely got Completely. rid of it. Completely, I deleted mm. it. Well, I I deleted it off my phone. I couldn't figure out how to delete the account, but. I told you why, didn't I? Uh-uh. So I quit using Untapped about seven, eight months ago when I was, at the time I was working at BC's and somebody came in and wanted to argue with me over a beer that I rated and we're talking a quarter star difference. You know that beer is no better than a three, two, five. Why'd you give it a three, five? <laughs> like, why, why does this ruin your life so much? I will say that I have stopped rating beers on Untapped. Um, and I'm actually going back and removing <coughs> the ratings that I did have on there. Not necessarily for that exact same reason, well, but a lot I, of that. I rated them for myself, and my scale was basically 3.5 to 4.5. Right. That's my personal scale. And if I didn't rate it at all, then I didn't, I didn't want to drink it again. But a 3.5 was, circle back and try it again. You might, it might strike you better. Next time, 4.5 was pretty much excellent. 4 was, you know, it's a decent beer. I'd drink it. I'm not going to go out of my way for it. Pretty simple rating system. And somebody's arguing with me over it. And I was like, dude, why, why do you care so much? But then I started to become very cognizant of how my friends, my family were using Untapped. And, and people are really going off somebody else's opinion right. a lot. And... And that's what was happening here is this person went off my opinion and didn't like the beer as much as I did. And now, granted, they're quibbling over a quarter star. But um, anyway, I thought, you know, this is not my job to make up your mind. If you come in and I'm behind the bar, I will make recommendations all day long. And I will try to help you find a really good beer so you have a really good time. But this is for me, man. Right. Like, this is my deal. And I kind of got away from it because I thought for one thing I tend to remember you know if a beer's memorable on either end I, I will recall that and even if it's not you drink it again and you might it might strike you different that time your, your well, taste change it, it changes so much and when you do revisit some of these beers, yeah, enough time has gone by that it's going to be something different. It, it, things are changing well, so it, much for you as a drinker that it's right. it's rare to have that same experience. And, and I found that I was going back and re-rating beers that I'd already had. And I thought, now why are you doing that? Because it's still just for you, and you know you liked it better this time, but you liked it enough to try it again. So, you know, what the hell? So I just I quit using it because in a lot of people also were using it to badge hunt. And that to right. me was the, what we were talking about earlier. It's kind of the downside to craft beer. And I, I didn't want to badge hunt. That wasn't my, my brother would text me, Hey, if you drink uh, this particular Sierra Nevada <laughs> on a Thursday between 1107 and 1131 while standing on one foot and patting yourself on the head, you get a badge. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I was going to do that anyway, but <laughs> 
you know, I'm like, kid, I don't care <laughs> about the badge. <laughs> right. You know, that's just how I drink beer, standing on one foot, patting myself on the head. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. It's it's odd because there's, there's times where I look at uh, using untapped and I can't necessarily nail down exactly why I still use it. I don't know if it's um, for my own good of just remembering what I've had and, you know, when I had it um, or if it's more for other people to get on there. And, and I try very hard. I'm not very good at it, but I try to always write something about the beer, my experience with well, it at that time. And, and that's even more helpful than the rating. Right. Because you're giving somebody something to base what they, whether they want to get it off or not. I was just doing ratings. Right. So uh, again, aside from Joe, Maybe my brother, just because he understands my palate, doesn't have the same one. But aside from maybe two or three people, it ain't, that ain't helping anybody. Right. Well, it's, you know, the, how often do you really want to steer somebody away from trying a beer? And I think that that's uh, as much as. More often than you think. <laughs> but as much as, as, as much if, as like. A, if a, I really like a beer, I am going to steer you away from it so there's more for me. <laughs> Because, man, I am as one way as Main Street. That is, yeah, if I really like a beer, you're going to ask about it, and I'm going to be like, yeah, oh, that. See, at the beer store, uh, you're picking up a, yeah. a six-pack of something. How is that? It's terrible, and you're yeah, putting a bunch in your cart. It's freaking awful. That's why there's only five left by the time I'm I get to rid of all of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home and dump it so nobody else yeah, has exactly. to. Exactly. I, now, I have done that as well, but. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's a rare occasion for me to dump a beer, and I, I can't think of the last one that I did. Usually it's it's something that's my fault. I've let it sit in the fridge too long. Yes. Uh, the the main ones, and I, I had to dump a bunch, but they were they were low fills. Yeah. And you know how that works. They don't stay good very long. Right. So uh, that was totally on me. It wasn't the beer was bad. It wasn't even that it was bad when I first got it. It just sat yeah. for a couple of weeks and then just, you know, oxidized. Right. All right. What do you think of this one? This beer's excellent. This I, actually, I, eh, I'd stay away from it. <laughs> I don't, you, you More can't for get me. Ohio, so. More for me. <laughs> this, it's like uh, flavor-wise, it's very reminiscent of something that Listerman would do, but yes. the body is completely different. It doesn't have that big kind of sweet body like a lot of their stouts do, or their their even mm. their their brown ales. I mean, the brown ale, the, the yeah. you know, Chicago is, is you know. One of the biggest, sweetest beers that I think is in Cincinnati. Yeah, it, it's a lighter-bodied beer than one of theirs, but the flavors, that's a good call, <coughs> very reminiscent. I think the cocoa is what comes through the most. I think the the coconut is very subtle on the end, which I like. Uh, I don't necessarily like an overpowering coconut beer all the I time. Get a, I get a lot more of the coconut as a, if I'm is it like away from the glass, okay. too. Like if I'm back from it, I get more of like a coconutty kind of breeze versus when I get my that's, nose. That's in. those tiki guys. It <laughs> could be now. them. It's the tiki guys. Uh, versus when I get my nose in there, I get a lot of that, that cocoa. Yeah, very much so. You know, that's a good beer. It's uh, I'm not picking up a hell of a lot of the hazelnut, but I think it might be just kind of blending in with the, the coconut. No? Yeah. yeah. Chopped and roasted hazelnuts. You know what? And then on the second drink, they're, they get more. They're course. also hazelnuts. I think a lot of the time when we're tasting yeah. hazelnut, we're getting some kind of an yeah, extract, extract or something. a lot stronger, yeah. But no, yeah, that, I, that's, I a, a, that's a really good beer. That is a really good beer. This would be so. a neat one to see it with um, 
a little bit of a, a barrel treatment too. Let it sit for not a long time in a barrel, just enough to pick up some of that woodiness. Um, I think that'd be good. I, I would even think maybe a rum barrel to go with the coconut. That would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a little bit of that. Uh, so so Southern buttery. Grist, if you're listening. It's it's very possible they've already done that. Too. Yeah, it is possible. <laughs> we're 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 from further north, but yeah, if you haven't done it, you know you can do the gnome beer, or if you have done it, feel free to send us a whole bunch of it, and we'll drink it again. Yeah, and <laughs> and we'll tell everybody, meh. <laughs> it's called chop it up. Let's see if they've done anything fun. Um, yeah, we're going to that. So, uh, so what else have you had lately that uh? No, they've not done. They've any not kind done of, any kind of barrel. Yeah, well, get on it. Them see them. Get on it. Um, what else have you had lately that's gotten you excited? Gotten you? Um, it's been fun. Hmm. I mixed the cherry turnover from Labs mm-hmm. with the Haven yesterday, and that was really good together. Really good beer together. Um, I can see that. And for. For people that that know me and have been at the bar when I'm behind the bar, they know that if I've got 24 taps, I've got 26 beers because I'm always mixing and matching. And and there's a lot of that going on in the city, which I encourage. And I freely admit that I stole liberally (laughs) from the people that I saw do it and have made some of my own as well. But that one together was really good. Uh, On St. Patty's Day, I only had the one beer. I swung by darkness and, you know, anybody that knows me knows my affinity for darkness and just love those people. And I had one of their scarlet potato, red ales with potato. And I don't know how to describe it accurately other than you get a faint bit of potato on the aftertaste <laughs> of this red ale. And it's good. It's like a, it's not like a, a raw potato. Right. It's kind of like a. Just a nice little could creamy you, mashed potato. Could you identify of. it as that if you didn't already like see the name and kind of have that in your head? Is as Irish as I am, yes. But you know, because that's what we ate six days a week um, growing up. But no, I I could I could tell, and that's but fun. but it's again the name alone gives right. it, and, th- and that is their traditional St. Patrick's Day beer. Uh, that was brought back by request from people down there. So um, it's it's an interesting beer, and if you're around Bellevue, go get it. And if you're you know at Darkness, you may run into me. <laughs> but I I live so close, I, I pop in. I'll probably pop in after the show. But <laughs> it's one thing that I've always uh, upsetting to where I live. It's in a little bit of a dry area as far as breweries yeah. go. And we've got Swine pretty close, but um, they. To be able to walk to a brewery is like the greatest dream that I could imagine. And if you're one of those people that lives within walkable distance of a brewery and you don't on a regular basis go there and drink, you um, you failed. Yeah, you're, you're a disgrace. You failed. Because um, <laughs> there's some of us that would kill for it. Uh, I would say I can walk to five with yeah. one or two being... It's got to be a nice day right. for the two on the outside. Um, but I do live in Bellevue, so, you know, I can I can crawl to darkness. <laughs> um, I, I've never crawled there. 
back a, back time a couple time, times. Back a time or two. <laughs> um, Labs is half a mile from me. Wooden Cask is about a mile from me. Um, so, you know, I've walked all those places. The Logger House is very walkable for me. Wooden Cask is a is a fun one to talk about today. Wooden Cask is always a fun one. To talk um, about, so I, I, I saw some fun label approvals come through that are a little ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, for a pumpkin ale and a uh-huh. winter ale. No. Uh, yeah. Really? <laughs> uh, so I'm curious to, to watch what's going to happen in, uh, in packaging in the next, uh, the next year. Um, that's overdue. <laughs> they have a uh, overdue, my friend. Their their kitchen is opening up. Their kitchen's this opening up month. They were into this month. Or? Well, they were open for Patty's Day. I don't right. know if they're open full time yet. And uh, I didn't didn't get a chance to go. I was running some friends around and um, you know being all adult like. So <laughs> um, I didn't get a chance to go, but I'm looking forward to it because of the nature of the beast there. Right, and that that whole farm to table and. Everything's going to be very fresh and and a little bit healthier than right. normal bar food and and I think that kind of that kind of works for them. It that, does that they're you know they're kind of a traditional type brewery and and a little you know European maybe in their styles and and that's a little bit more of a European idea I think than just ah eh, throw a fryer and drop stuff in it you know right. so um, you know it's a brewery that's not going to just have a pizza place in it and right. i like pizza as much as anybody don't get me wrong yeah but not that there's anything wrong with there is a pizza place on a brewery there is not but it's something different and so that'll that'll make them stand out and i really look forward to it because i I know they've got the space for it and right um, they've got a great tap room too they really do uh they have a highly underrated tap room <coughs> it's a very comfortable tap room it's it's the way it's laid out too, there's enough spaces in there that even if you go in there and there's kind of a louder group, there's a spot you can kind of go on the other side of the tap room and have your own I, quiet area. I definitely still f- and feel like they have three tap rooms. Yeah. In one. I definitely do. Cause the bar is its own end entity. Uh, if you walk in and you go over to the right side, it's a little more booth table restaurant. Right. And then on the left side, it's a little more tap room and in the couches are, are that's where I try to get, hang out on the couches. I'm a, I'm a bar fan myself. I like sitting at the bar. Um, if, if I'm there with a group and particularly, a not a large group, you know, five, six people, three, four people, whatever the, the couches are just where it's at for right. conversation. So, yeah. Um, I don't really and like then I converse can, with my friends very and much. And I can, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes weeks without talking to me and then he's like, are you coming to the show or not? If you want to talk to me, you got to get on a microphone. Yeah. So, uh, that's the only reason I do this, you know? It's like, otherwise I'd never see him. <laughs> but, um, no, you can also sit at those couches and kind of eyeball people that are coming in. Right. And people watch. And, right. and it's that's also fun because the bar is different. You know, you don't walk into, you walk in and the bar is long right. ways. It's not in front of you. It's not, you know, you don't walk a long way to the bar. It just kind of spreads out and. Uh, people, you can tell who's never been there before because they always look confused when they walk in. They're like, where the, where do I go? What do I do? And, um, you know, some people go right to the bathroom and they're not on purpose. Like they don't have to go. They're just like, I'm lost. And so, so that's why I want to sit on the couch and just watch the confusion of people that come in and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm usually drinking a corruption. So that means by the third one i'm confused as well yeah i've totally forgotten <laughs> i've totally forgotten where i am who i am and uh anyway it's just it's a good night 
<laughs> That's funny. Um, what else is going on locally that we can? Uh, we have um, a little bit of. Uh, you talked about the beer groups earlier. Spent a little bit of a commotion in the last couple weeks on there. Um, right, isn't there? <laughs> there's right. always some kind of drama. 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 Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to dig too much into kind of the. Uh, who's right, who's wrong kind of stuff. You know, there's lots of seltzer arguments right now. And um, today there was a big one about uh, a, a whiskey that was released that used the mm-hmm. name Roebling, which obviously is one that um, Braxton has been, or not Braxton, uh, Rivertown's been using. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 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 lots of, lots of commotion. And I'm kind of curious to hear how you feel, not about the situation itself, but just about how people react to these things and if it's different now than it used to be or if the situations are just becoming different. This one kind of does strike me as different. Um, And, you know, and and we talked about a little bit before. This one is in the, in the, 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 the Roebling trademark kind of thing or the, the water argument. That's the the Roebling, the Roebling thing. thing. And, And we talked about that a little bit before we turned the mics on that, you know, years ago you had the magic hat and West sixth, argument about logos and design and everything and people were like you know sticking up for west six and they're the little guy and whatnot and this one i i don't know that there's a really i don't i don't know i I just feel like the person that's in the right is in, in legal terms right and i'm not a lawyer but you know just from what i understand of how this works it's kind of getting shit on and uh I think there's a lot of other things that play into that as to why that's happening. But I think the timing of it is, is the very bad. Is so terrible. The, 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 the water thing, <laughs> we have to dig into it a little bit to explain. Um, there's a lot of hard seltzer in town right now. And, um, it all kind of happened right about the same time in Cincinnati in the grand scheme of things. Um, but one of the companies being Braxton is running a marketing campaign saying they're Cincinnati's first hard seltzer. And there are other places that are taking that as a little offensive because, um, they did it first. They, they said they made it first and first and uh, what it means to be first to market. I, maybe I don't understand that. Um, but are they the first one that packaged? Is that the, no, no, then I don't. I mean, maybe that is their argument, but I I definitely know that uh, Rivertown's hard seltzer was in packaging before anybody else yeah. is in Cincinnati. And, so. and again, then then they kind of got and and that that it, was it, it, I think judging by what I read on some of the the posts and some of the things that I've talked to some people about, it's less about who's first as it is. Um, you're misleading people to get them to buy your product. Um, how that was handled was very uh, loud on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of turned some people off for a lot of different reasons. Um, and then right after that was when this whole trademark thing right. kind of kicked in. And, so and, and that's why, I, and that's why I, I say, I think that people are kind of reacting to, a little too strongly to the trademark thing or the, the you have to defend your brand. I yeah. mean, and, yeah. and it sucks. And, and 
you know, we talked about that with the Firestone Walker and uh, and, and, and Double Barrel. Double Barrel that became Bad that, Tom. That so. became Bad Tom. And, you know, when I when I talked to Sean about that, Sean Smith from Bad Tom a long time ago, I, I was floored that Firestone Walker would give a damn about a brewery so far away that wasn't selling beer outside of the, the Cincinnati area. And Firestone Walker wasn't selling beer in the Cincinnati area either. And still are. And I don't know how the plans to ever do that. Maybe they maybe at the time, I mean, craft beer was a little bit different then. Maybe in their head, they're like, well, it's possible. But, but <clears throat> it's, it's uh, you know, again, it's so far away and it's such a different thing. It, it, would anybody ever really be confused over it? No. I also don't know that anybody would have got, at that time, gotten super upset about it. When you know, I don't, rec- mm-hmm. I don't recall people being like, "Oh, Firestone Walker shitting on the little guy." You know. That well, no, nobody knew. I mean, they were so small back I, then. I just that nobody I don't, knew I don't, about. I don't it. think that that anger just. I don't. I think it's manifesting the, the, differently. The, so, the social media presence is a little different now than it was then, especially locally. For one thing, and for two, until Sean told me that story, I didn't know that story. You know, that didn't get to right. play like. Um, the gnarly head with the blank brown. Uh, And that's a good one to kind of, because as much as people kind of got upset about it, it wasn't as much directed at gnarly head and as it was just mine very much. So it was as, as as it was like a disbelief of why, why is this matter? And if anybody from gnarly head is listening, uh, I still haven't bought your wine since then. So, and I had before, right? in all honesty, um, it was a, you know, good value wine, you know, for if you didn't want to spend a lot and it, it still tasted all right. Um, but I, I have not bought it since. And that's, that's the reason because it's two different damn products. If you walk through the wine aisle and go, Oh, this is mad tree beer. I hope you're joking. <laughs> I hope you're so, joking. That's not something that I'm going to confuse. It, so flip that into this latest one with Roebling Whiskey versus Roebling Porter. I know. But the reason I say that River Towns in the right is because of, I wrote the story, I wrote one of the stories, not the story, one of the stories about the Gnarly Head, uh-huh. Gnarly Brown, and, you know, situation. I understand that Gnarly Head is right. I talked to, I actually got a lawyer to talk to me about that. I know that River Town is right. Again. You're not going to confuse the two products. Right. So is it worth fighting over? I guess because it's happened. The other, you I know, mean, the other thing, not, to, not with the <coughs> specifically, but it's happened within the industry. The other thing too is, you know, gnarly head is not selling beer. Uh-uh. What if they want to Rivertown is not selling spirits. What if they want to? Uh, do they not? Well, they're they're selling spirits. Okay. They're not making spirits. They're not well, producing. and and I think that that avenue actually justifies the Rivertown situation a little bit more. I don't think Gnarly Head's ever going to sell beer, but Rivertown, because they have that restaurant and they do right. serve spirits, they have that option that's in house, right? To do it, even if they don't distribute it, so they could have a a Roebling whiskey in-house or he could even just creates that more of an opportunity for confusion right if you went up there and maybe you didn't order a a, a cocktail or whatever but you remember that they were there you remember Mm -hmm. seeing booze on a shelf right then you find yourself at the store and you see all of a sudden roebling whiskey 
And I could see that connection right. being made that, oh, yeah, I, Rivertown, yeah, Rivertown makes whiskey. I saw and, it at the store. And, you know, for me, I when I hear Roebling, I think of the bridge. I mean, that's that's me. That's my first instinct. So, um, and I, I know Do I'm I think of the bridge or the I beer first? The <laughs> I don't know which one comes first in my head. <coughs> I absolutely think of the right. bridge. So it's it's the background on my phone. Actually, I, I love that bridge. That bridge to me is that's home. Whenever I travel, I'm not home until I get get around and see that bridge downtown. It's it's so striking. It's so well, it's, it's iconic. very very iconic Cincinnati. It's, yeah, and just the the blue. It's just beautiful. Um. Anyway, I walk it whenever I get a chance. I take pictures. I got to introduce, uh, I got to introduce my lady friend yesterday. Walk her across the bridge. She's never been across it, and I'm like, really? We like, good lord, I'm across it twenty times a year. It's, right. Um. So anyway, so for me, I'm just like I didn't even think of when I saw the whiskey when I first saw that post today on Facebook. I didn't even think of Rivertown. I thought of the bridge. And so it wasn't until I read down a little bit and went, oh, yeah. So, you know, I I was a little, you know, my reaction was muted. (laughs) Right, right. It's, I think the the overall thing for me is just watching how how people react and trying to understand why people are reacting that way and um, what that means for kind of this bigger picture of what's going on with them. And the main thing, as always, is whenever something like this happens, the first thing you should do is take to Facebook or Twitter or your social media of choice and really shoot off at the mouth with about a third of the facts. Okay. So make sure that you get a lot of all caps and make sure you argue with everybody that posts something against your opinion, because that's how we solve <laughs> that's, that's you all problems. Media. That's how we solve all problems in this industry and in this society. There's, there's something about how people <clears throat> have started really like latching on to, um, to hating on uh, certain breweries for some reason. Now, and again, we talked about it a talked little, about bit last a little week. bit last week um, with Jason, who's a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, and you know, as I wore his t-shirt all day yesterday, um, do you think it's moved? Do you think that the target is moved? I, I do right now. And it, it is always kind of shifting and changing. You know, at one time it was, uh, bad Tom, everybody wanted to hate on bad Tom. And, yeah. and then it shifted for a while. It was definitely queen city and people were, you know, hating on them. And, uh, Woodburn definitely caught it for a while there. Really? Yeah, a little bit. I, yeah. didn't hear anything, I didn't hear anything about that. <laughs> and then, and right now it seems to be targeted on, on Rivertown for some yeah. reason. <clears throat> and it's, I, I, I don't know if it's like, a some kind of high school mentality of you trying to find your click and then find somebody that you can all hate on together and it helps you feel closer to a so, group of people so, that you have a common enemy. So we've talked about the, the upsides to the craft beer community. And I'd say this is the downside is that there is definitely a group think when it comes to this exact thing. Right. And that's why I asked if, if you think it had shifted because there was a lot of group think involved in uh, some of the previous ones that there was, I would say all of them, there was like, some, yeah. some level of it, whether or not it was justified is a whole different well, and that's, topic. That's but. where I was going with that is that a lot of times these people aren't basing things on firsthand experience. They're basing things on hearsay. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, they don't know the people. They might not have been I, to the I would brewery. love one day to sit down and write a post that just has a list of everything that somebody has told me that they know for a fact about Rivertown. And then go through and, and explain the ones. So oh, I want to that I that can I can explain well, how false this is and why it's false. I, I want to read that one because I want to see which one the mind show up. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean, there's there's things that people know mm-hmm. that are 100 percent just not not true. That it's like, how did this happen? And it's like, well, so and so told me, so and so told it, me, and then enough media. people, it just becomes real because social media. It's it, it's I don't know. It's a perception is reality no can we go back from it though or is this just the new reality of there's always going to be somebody that is going to be some kind of a target and I, people I, are going to want to be upset about something I feel like that is <clears throat> um at least the current and near future reality yes uh, can't we just like pick a big brewery to hate on like a Budweiser or hell just be somebody that's kind of, you know, pick Kona or something like that. And like, like that's, that's the bad guy. Let's just, let's just hate on them. Well, you know? and, and there's, there's definitely not, plenty I'm of, not picking on you Kona. I know there's, there's if you want to sponsor the show. Just give me, send me an email. There's plenty of hate out there for the big guys as right. well. And there's plenty of hate out there for the ones that are quote unquote sellouts, you know, so, so like maybe it's just weed. not, maybe it's not cool enough to hate on them because too many people are, it's like a punk rock kind of thing. And well, it, it's, it, to me, it's almost it, it's a Cincinnati thing that you have to have a Cincinnati brewery to hate, and you know there have been times when it's been some of the other breweries we've mentioned, yeah, um, in positive ways tonight, and to me, it's a friend of mine and I have talked about Cincinnati's inferiority complex as a city, not as a brewing industry, just as a city. There's some of it like, in, as a brewing industry. Well, too. it's yeah, I mean it's a part of it, but it's. It's the same thing that makes people try to convince folks that come from outside here that they have to like Skyline or Gold Star. And they don't. Skyline. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You know what? I'll take Dixie Chili over either one. Never been. Well, it's because you're on the wrong side of the river. (laughs) But, you know, I'll go to Price Hill Chili over either one. How's that? But... There's that thing that, you know, when people came for the All-Star game a few years ago, well, they didn't like our chili. They didn't like graters. <laughs> so fucking what? You know? And now, and it's got to be that, well, you've got to like the same thing I like. And hate, you know, the flip side of that is hate the same thing I hate. Right. And that's what you're seeing in this brew industry. And it's, are you really that worried that your opinion's not valid because you don't hate the right brewery? I mean, if you're free to like any brewery you well, want, I guess that's, you're free to hate any. I guess that's you what's want. so strange to me is that like I, mean, I there's definitely places that I like more than other places. Sure, but to me that like like why why do people flock to that that negative outburst versus a positive one? Like you don't see a lot of. I mean, I guess you do see a lot of. You know, this is the best brewery in Cincinnati. You know, fight me. You know, like you, you don't you don't see as much engagement, I guess, from people on something like that as this is the worst brewery in Cincinnati. I hate them. Then people are, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, rabble, rabble, rabble. And every kind of, you know, instead of it being like a, like a, like a positive kind of thing of, I love this. It's, I hate this. And I, I don't know. I don't know. We're getting really deep. We're getting way too case, deep. Man. We're getting, we're getting, we're, we're getting we're like, we're, we're getting into the essence of human nature. Here, <laughs> you know, like, 
see these. Like, so if anybody has any insight and is a philosophy major, please call. The <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to call the number that I cannot remember. I know it has the word drink in the title. <laughs> it's like uh, something, something, eight, something, something. There drink. you go. You've got there one you go. number. Guess the rest. <laughs> you can figure it out. Yeah, or that, that's how I got numbers at the bar. Right? <laughs> it's like here's one number. If you can guess the rest, I'll <laughs> good, talk good luck. To you. Yeah. Or you can just shoot an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com. I can remember that one. Or on yeah. the website on cincybrewcast.com or the gnarlygnome.com. There's something that says like contact yeah. or email or so. There's probably some kind of link or some thing. And and I only respond to carrier pigeon, but you know I'm the only one in Bellevue with carrier pigeons. So if you get them to Bellevue, yeah. they'll find me. Aren't, aren't carrier pigeons extinct? Isn't that what Martha was at the zoo? You know the little dead pigeon that isn't there anymore. Well, I ain't telling anybody. Was that a carrier about pigeon? Is that uh, am I off? You you I, I have no idea. I, if anybody knows if carrier pigeons are extinct, please yeah. send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail. Absolutely. And call that number that's got an eight in it somewhere. <laughs> it's got, a, got an eight and the word drink somewhere. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. That's a show. Thanks, man. Um, we're going to record another one. We're going to do a Drinking with a Gnome episode, too. We're going to have a cocktail. Okay. Um, so <laughs> tune in to Drinking with a Gnome. It probably won't air this week. It'll probably be um, in the next week or two. But um, subscribe to the show, and then you'll get it when it drops. There you go. Um, it's on the gnarlygnome.com. There's a little link that says Drinking with a Gnome. Click it. And then click other things. Since you've been past the voice of Sensei Craft.